0: Oh! It down. It down. It's over. Welcome in to the Just Basketball Show for Monday, September 11th. I'm Chris Manning. That is Brendan. Clean. I want to tell you first to. Follow us on your podcast platform of choice, five-star reviews only. Hit subscribe on our YouTube channel, the Just Basketball Fans YouTube channel. And I want to remind you about our friends at Homage. Homage is an ultra-comfortable specialty apparel company with NBA licenses that uses vintage-inspired designs to pay homage to the greatest stories, traditions, and figures across sports, music, and pop culture. Use the link below to make your purchase and support the Just Basketball Show. Uh, we have a fun one today. It's a little bit of a uh, all over the place season previous as we continue through our series talking about all 30 NBA teams. You may have noticed if you're a regular listener or if not going to give you a warning. We are skipping for now the Portland Trailblazers because there's a certain guard who also is a rapper who wants to go to the Miami Heat who has not been traded yet, and it feels weird to do that season preview, I would say, Brendan, until we know what's going on with Damian Miller. Did you see that nba 2k
1: recorded commentary about the trade and they put it into the current version of the game they forgot to like hold it back this was going viral yesterday because the game came out and then if you play as miami or if you play as portland you know it's just like that preloaded. it just kind of the canned analysis that the the guys will give while you're playing they're like Dame just knew at the end of the day the only place he wanted to be was the Miami Heat or like those dumb little comments and there there's like five of them that are in part of that package when you play as those two teams so uh, yeah con- conspiracy theories are flying but we're gonna
0: withhold uh, our analysis for now my my advice to the 2K company um, would be to hire someone whose only job is you listen to all the audio stuff and flag things like that. You could pay them $80,000 a year. You're going to make your money back and give them good benefits and let them work remote. and. Yeah, I think somebody from the league
1: office probably placed a call last night, let's say.
0: Yes. Uh, so we're going to talk today in our, our episode wrapping up FIBA. We're going to talk about the Charlotte Hornets and the Jazz preview. And we got two WNBA extensions, uh, which I think are interesting for different reasons because these are the two teams that signed their players. Two extensions are at, I think, very different phases of what they're trying to accomplish right now. But to start with FIBA, Brendan. Okay. I want to just, I think I just want to start here because this ended on Sunday. Mm-hmm. USA loses to Canada in the third place game. They finish fourth in the World Cup, beating their performance in the last World Cup. But I think certainly feels like a disappointment. So for what I think is the most talented team in the tournament, Michael Pina wrote a good piece about Team USA at the Ringer that I'd recommend people go read if you're interested in this. But I, I, here's what I want to spin this forward: Are, Do you have concerns, or do you have more? Do you have more concerns, or do you have more optimism for 2024 in Paris when we think about Team USA?
1: The same. I mean, I, I think we've always known that these World Cups are a big risk. I saw a stat that this, uh, with the way that we handle it as a country, I saw a stat that we've now failed to medal in two consecutive World Cups for the first time since we started sending pros in 1994.
0: We're really, we're really good as a country meddling in things for on a variety of fronts. So that's that's disappointing. Yeah. So... Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, so 7th and then 4th, I think, is, is our performance back-to-back. Yes. So, yeah, I guess it's a down point. I guess it's a nadir, but judging from what this roster looked like, the weaknesses that were obvious and then reared their heads when it comes to shot selection, size, rebounding, interior, um, defense, things like that, I I don't think this makes me feel differently than I even felt going in. I think this is a decent result. I think losing to Germany the way that they did felt a little disappointing because I feel like that matchup was not one I was necessarily worried about. So that kind of sucked. And individual players disappointed me, whether that's Jaren, Jalen Brunson even, obviously Brandon Ingram, who we've talked about. But this team's going to look radically different next year. So... When you just ask me about the Olympics, we usually get our act together by then.
0: I, I went back and looked, Brendan, at the 2014 World Cup team that won the last time USA medaled in the World Cup. I'm going to run okay. through this roster. It's, it's kind of an interesting... It's inter, it's an interesting roster in retrospect, is what I will mm-hmm. say. I don't know if you've looked at this at all. No. It's Curry, Clay, Derek Rose, who was 25 at the time. How the time has changed for Derek Rose. So this was after... A couple of the injuries for Derek Rose, yes, yeah. But yes, uh, Tibbs, by the way, was a, an assistant on this team. With Jim Beheim, Monty Williams, and Coach K was the head coach. Okay, real, nice little real crew there. R- real yeah. different vibes now. <laughs> Probably a little less intense now. It was even with Spo, I would say, just with Tibbs and Beheim. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Kenneth Fareed, who was 24 at the time, Rudy Gay, who was 28, the oldest guy on the team, Demar Derozan. Kyrie, Mason Plumlee, DeMarcus Cousins, James Harden, Anthony Davis, and Andre Drummond. It's a I lot of talent. At, it's a lot of talent, but I, aside from like Clay and Curry and Kyrie from a talent, like you and Harden and AD, like you have some like insanely high talent there, but you also do have like some real randomness. And like it's a weird roster when you look at positions, if you just think about that positionally for a second, like Mm -hmm. it's weird. I don't think that roster in some ways is that different Mm -hmm. in terms of like quality from what you got at this World Cup. From and you know, with some maybe like Curry, obviously all time better than anyone that's on, yeah, but back then you know, he hadn't even won his first MVP yet. Correct. He was 26. hadn't had like the the leap to, to him being Steph and all that stuff. hadn't shut down the league in that way. Like, I mean, honestly, at the time, if you had been like, "Hey, Kyrie's the most like important guard on this team," that wouldn't have been like the most insane take in the world. Considering he was year three and yeah, and I year think four that's
1: the part though that I would probably say is different. Is this team? The more we watched it, yes, had fewer guys who could break down the defense off the dribble than I think we would we have thought. guessed. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's, That's the part that I, I think after watching it that maybe I would say concern me. But I mean, these guys are never going to play together again. So after today, I don't really care how they fit, you know. But I guess about them individually as we look forward, guys like Austin Reeves or Jalen Brunson or whoever, uh, Mikhail Bridges for that matter, that, that did surprise me. And that roster that you're talking about had a lot more guys who could do that. And it's like... Even a version of the Team USA offense that's just a lot of drive and kick and high pick and roll stuff would have been more dynamic than what we got in this tournament, which ended up being transitions and ISOs. That was effectively what we were getting.
0: I also should note that this was the 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 summer where Paul George had his leg fracture. Yeah. So that was the small forward hole in that team, and you know you can go on the Wikipedia page and read some of the names that were there and have not. What here's here's the point I want to I, that I think is kind of interesting when you think about this going forward on that team. You had guys that came over that were on the 2020 10 championship team. Curry, Rose, and Gay were all on the 2010 team. Coming from the 2012 Olympic gold medal team was Harden and AD. Mm. Which AD, kinda okay, but like he, he was the, the Walker tessler right? like, or whatever, yeah, like he wasn't really yes. on the team. Okay, but you had some continuity in terms of guys being in the program, guys being around it. I think like there's that we we've talked about this. I think ad nauseum during this during the World Cup. I think that is still kind of missing here, and mm-hmm. I'm curious to see like if there, even if this they, these guys didn't win at the highest level, they wouldn't want to. I do think it would behoove the, the, the program as it exists to maybe have like two three guys from this roster mm-hmm. in Paris next summer like AD I, I think like Ant Halliburton um Paolo you, like you Mav- were saying yeah it's gonna be Paolo I think but you were saying Jaron you
1: think he should stay to I, it, try to build some continuity it, and give them some size and whatnot
0: it, the J- Jared is a yes to me on if for if, if two things happen Number one, you could just have injuries, and I think like that center is kind of a tricky spot where you might not have perfect options. And I would rather take him than like a Plumley or like like Nick Klax. Kessler. I think right. I would rather take Jaron than those guys. Mm-hmm. Two, I don't. You don't know if you're getting Embiid, and even if let's say Embiid tells you it says Embiid day in a month, I want to play for Team USA. That's my plan. You can't assume that Joel Embiid is going to be healthy next summer, or that he'll. So, maintain his perspective
1: i mean let's say next summer he has just asked for a trade out of philadelphia or is coming off of a long maybe he finally has a breakthrough in the postseason and he goes to the finals like the, all these things He's could change yeah. what he wants to
0: do yeah. yeah yeah and that opens the door i think for Jeremy to be back i think depending on what happens with like evan mobley that opens the door for someone like that to jump in here but it's like that's the spot where I think you could have some stuff that doesn't feel perfect, mm-hmm. and that's how I think Jaren. Even if he was not great at this World Cup and struggled, yeah. I do think there's like a path where he could absolutely still be playing in Paris. But if I had to say like the two guys, I think it's most likely it's probably Paolo and Ant. I think those are the two that I would, I would bet the, that the farm on if I was going to say who is going to be on the, on the Olympic team next summer. Sure, I'll just parting thought say uh,
1: there was some discussion over if. Did you see this? The Steve Kerr stuff. This was very Twitter, but um, Steve Kerr is not the issue. the The structure and system are the issue. If Steve Kerr fails at next year's Olympics, slaughter him. You know, uh, rhetorically, right? Like yeah to rip him apart because he'll have his full talent he'll have had another you know camp into another uh full tournament and more work with these guys build better relationships etc but i'm not going to blame it on the coach and grant hill first year i think there is something to be said for him choosing to start fresh right like picking all first time representatives maybe it was a little optical like I'm gonna make my mark and maybe you know there is some criticism you could you could put on him for that but you know going young and trying to start fresh after the Colangelo era I don't think I would fault Grant Hill for approaching it that way as long as like you just said he builds forward with some of the guys that he just established that tie with if he just has a whole new roster in Paris that would be a little strange I don't think that'll happen but um, I, I think it's now okay that was your first try. You got fourth. It was a little disappointing. How do you how do you kind of go forward? And and what's the Grand Hill era for Team USA going to be?
0: Yeah, curious to see what kind of veteran presence there is next summer too. I mean, we have LeBron <laughs> posting cryptic things on Instagram. There's the. If we had time, that would have been slop of the week. Yeah, I mean, look, you we you and I, that's that's I, honestly from a historical standpoint, I do kind of want to see it. I don't know if. It's oh, absolutely. I mean, of course. It's just that he's he he's a goober is all you know yes he's the the it's in my opinion the best player that has ever played basketball and he's an absolute goober um all right let's a couple other quick fiba things that I, I think we there's a couple things we can hit on. i just want to shout out Canada, like mm. amazing job by canada to to get third place sga to me was maybe my favorite guy to watch in this tournament And then the way they cap it off, you know, Team USA, like what, you know, I haven't seen comments about like what they thought about their energy for that game or whatever, but they were, Canada was the team that really took it to him. And Dylan Brooks comes out, plays his best game of the tournament, arguably, and has the biggest amount of points and shines in this really big way for country. And you push this ahead to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, get Jamal Murray in there. Hopefully, get Andrew Wiggins in there. This team's a legitimate medal threat for Paris. That's really cool. Canada basketball is here. It's on the up. This is their moment. I think this is going to be something they look back on and say, this is a real boon for their program. And I can't wait to see them in in the Olympics next summer.
1: Do you think Paolo, Jaron and Ingram were actually sick?
0: I think Ingram, like it seems like Ingram was, and I would yeah. just say like yes because I'm gonna be kind, but like I mean, look, okay. I, I'm sure I'm sure there's some. You you said this on the last episode, and this is a good shout because this is how this works. I'm sure there were some very high profile agents calling Grant Hill, being like, "Hey, I don't care about the bronze medal. It doesn't give my guy any rub if he wins the bronze medal for Team USA. Can I just get him healthy to training for training camp?" Because of who it is, I would say
1: the only one I have a little bit of about is jaron jackson just because he was so criticized and struggled so in such a high profile way but no i think they were all sick i'm not gonna not gonna go there but it was just sort of convenient in that's a way actually, that, that actually, made it laugh. Uh,
0: that's gonna be our tiktok cut out is just Brendan, okay. dad just no context of you saying you do believe them just you questioning it and sure. like yeah conspiracy we need some conspiracy like alien music behind that yeah all right you have a dylan brooks thing that you wanted okay. to throw at me. So he got, like, clowned, obviously, for, like, this boxing thing. Did you see this? No, I didn't even see the boxing thing. Oh, wait, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So so after he gets ejected, and then he's in the tunnel, yeah. like, with boxing gloves, and then Nikola Jovich, is, after, like, they beat them, is, like, in the hallway, like, doing some, like, shadow boxing. Mm-hmm. This is apparently was like there the, the the boxing gloves thing was a Canada like thing about their like mentality and being in the fight and not just like Dylan Brooks being an absolute loon. This was like actually like a team thing. So like I just want to say like you know sometimes you gotta just like I it was very funny to watch people just be like on Instagram specifically be like Dylan mm-hmm. Brooks, what are we doing here, my guy? But like usually there's a little there's a there's a little more context to some of these things, and I think that was. Notable and and even though I'm still a Dylan Brooks skeptic, uh, sure. I mean, skeptic to mentality,
1: whatever. I guess, but um, I do think like this tournament was cool. Thirty nine points is crazy, you know. And it wasn't even a lot of threes. It was only I think five of ten from deep. So he really was was actually you know getting buckets out there. But mm-hmm. um, I think this tournament was a cool reminder, especially the Slovenia game. The dude's one of the best perimeter defenders in basketball. Like. It just is what it is you can laugh at him you can think whatever I mean his shot selection at times is is downright awful he needs to shoot better if he's gonna be you know we we both I think had him in our best lineups for Houston last week but yes he needs to make shots for that to happen and he needs to make the right types of shots but defensively like he's crazy good you know he's on a team with Lou Dort and might be the best defender on that team you know like that that's saying something so I, I guess just like kind of let's pump the brakes on that. Maybe it wasn't worth his contract. You know, Memphis had their issues. I get all of it, but like he's going to play in China or he's going to get the minimum or even he's going to get the mid level. Like, let's just kind of yeah. cool off on all that.
0: Um, just, just real quick, just, I w- just just to set the scene: Paris, twenty twenty four, gold medal game. Mm-hmm. I poke bears too. Love it. Let's do it. After the Grizzlies
1: win the championship. Oh, wait, no, he's not on the Grizzlies anymore. The Rockets win the championship. But, yeah. Franz Wagner, I want to shout out real quick. We're going to talk about him more soon because we're doing our magic preview, I think, in the next episode, right? So, um, but just a perfect FIBA player was really all I wanted to say. Like, just watching Bogdan Bogdanovich and then I'm like... Evan Fournier like there's just that lineage of guys who feel like they have a better command of the court little bit of a shorter three-point line little bit of a slower paced game and they're Pull up three point shooting ability and size is just kind of a cheat code in this environment. And then if, as long as they're unselfish and kind of make the right play and have a good team around them, they're just going to be great. But I mean, Dennis Schroeder, FIBA World Cup MB, MVP. Did you have your uh, bet placed? Did you? I mean, what were those odds heading in? Like plus two thousand? I don't even think we said his name when we were talking through MVP candidates on the preview. Look, just what a guy, you know? What
0: a it's always a, a point guard.
1: We should have we should have at least I think in retrospect we should have thought of him when we were talking because it's always that nuke. guy ricky rubio wanted in the last one should we nuke the raptors over now isn't that my question <laughs> no i don't think so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> although maxi kleba big l remember their beef pre pre-tournament and he like basically told maxi like you're not coming to the philippines with us or wherever their group stage was and then dennis was right
0: he runs the German basketball program. What a it world. It seems that way. <laughs> he knows all the doctors that LeBron is maybe talking to, and he runs the, the German basketball he's program. He's just an
1: international. He's the worldwide West of international hoops, is what it seems like. Just yeah. connecting and like G-
0: German hoops. I think like, 90, I don't want to give him internet. I think it's like German basketball. Okay. It's Do you fair. think he wears later hose in like Bayern Munich? Do you think dentists have run later hose and like they make Bayern Munich players wear for photo shoots? I don't know how I'm much time no. he's
1: spending in Germany outside of when he has to be there. It seems like he's yeah.
0: he's here. LA guy. Yeah. 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 But it's a good point. All right. Well, let's move on to the WNBA. Uh, we got two extensions. Jewel Lloyd has signed a Supermax in year one. It's slightly below it in year two with the Seattle Storm. Obviously, a team in the midst of a rebuild and a reset with the retirement of Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart going to Brooklyn. And then you have Benadji Laney, Signing extension through 2025 with the New York Liberty. Uh, you outlined this in our in our notes. She, this deal is going to give them about six hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Maybe is like, we don't okay. know what her contract details are. It hasn't been reported yet. But if she
1: were to get like a slight bump from what she's making this year, or around the same as what she's making this year. Then yeah, they have about six hundred and eighty K left under the cap to sign the hard cap in the W for people who may not know, to sign John Cole Jones, Brianna Stewart, and fill out the rest of their entire roster, which is like four to five more players on top of that. So they're kind of up against it because they also extended Sabrina Ionescu mid season. So mm-hmm. you do this. Like, of course, Benajalaney is like the best three D player in the WNBA, so you kind of you have to have her to continue to win. She's irreplaceable on their team, but so we going to take another pay cut, you know, what's John Quill Jones thinking. It's going to be interesting for them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you'll, you're going to see them in the aces as these two kind of big teams have this issue. I mean, we saw that with the aces this year, they had someone out for legal reasons and then came to Parker out for injury reasons. and, you saw some real holes in the roster. That easily could be the the Liberty in a year if the injury yeah. luck breaks a certain way. Courtney sloop a year old. Like, all these things could break a certain way, and then you're in some trouble. It's also a reminder that, like, I think eventually, hopefully, in the near future, we do see some more spending power. A lot of the teams in the W, I think it would make a really big difference to, to raise the quality um, of some of these teams and give them some more flexibility. I, I have more, I, Brendan. I guess I have more range for in the Laney one just because I think there's, there's two reasons for that. Number one, it's reinforcing everything you said on this team doing what it needs to do to keep the core, the, the real reason, the, like the core of what it is that's going to work as long as Stewie's there and, and in her prime. Secondly, just Laney getting this extension after, if people don't know, a couple years ago she was released. Then went to I think Atlanta and won the Most Improved Player of the Year award and then ends up in New York. She had like she yeah. in the bubble. She was at a spot where it wasn't like her career was in a weird place. Mm-hmm. A lot of players in that spot just end up washing out of the league, and instead, she's now doing very well for herself financially. Has found a real home in New York, and that that is just a really cool story I, on a team that is loaded with former MVPs and college icons and has all this wadded. She's like a really kind of different kind of angle to that well to your point which is a really easy and I you know
1: easy place to end up going when you're talking about contracts in the W is like roster sizes money all that stuff she's an example of yeah and she's an example of what happens when a player overcomes all that right like she if she did she wasn't even a lock to make the atlanta dream heading into the bubble she makes the team she becomes an all-star they don't obviously have an all-star game and then uh most improved and then you know goes to new york breaks out in an even bigger way she's shooting 40 percent from deep this year really really versatile switchable strong functional defender and um irreplaceable to their roster like we said so those are the cool stories that you get. You wouldn't like to have to have that. There's obviously the same thing in every sport. I think it's more extreme in the W, but you also have to tip your hat, uh, you know, as much as you can talk about the problems, it's like, well, you know, and then some players kind of break through all that. And, and she's a really good example of it, but yeah, I'm fascinated by what this roster looks like going forward. And, they're not going to be able to add a bunch of difference makers beyond this. It's going to be retaining what they have and, you know, just taking this window as far as it can go. There will eventually be, I think, a little bit of a shuffling of who handles the ball. Once Courtney VanderSloot, I would imagine she'll contemplate retirement after next year when her contract with New York is up. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, but that that's fascinating. I, let's jump to Jewel though, because yeah. she also... Broke the all time points in a season record this week, which we had flagged at one point in our things to watch down the stretch that the league's season has elongated. So it's kind of like the NFL where these these records are going to fall, but still an incredible accomplishment going into a season where people had, I would say, pretty low expectations for her and the team. You know, the last time she had a lot of injuries and depleted roster around her, she was very inefficient, not a great season for her. And she has made improvements to her game into her late prime that allowed her to dominate on a young rebuilding roster. Like, that's very, very cool. And then to recommit to a city that everybody else abandoned last year um, and kind of decide to be like, I'm going to be here for probably forever, I think we would assume, or at least, you know, the rest of her prime and be the centerpiece of what this team team's going to be in its next iteration that's what we always say we want out of these athletes right and and she's doing it so continuing to dominate and being loyal and being a, a good teammate and a great person from all indications like she's kind of everything you would want and and you know salute to her for an awesome season and a bag
0: the storm will be well positioned to reload with jewel lloyd and then whatever draft pick they have coming like, they're going to be in a really good spot to turn this around quickly, it feels like to me. And I think everything mm. you said is correct. It's, it's a matter of, you know, who do they get? You know, just how does the rest of the roster kind of shape out? But like, I feel like they're in a really good spot with Jewel Lloyd and whomever they get Beckers, Caitlin Clark, whomever, Angel Reese, whomever, Kamara Brink and turn this over very quickly to, to be maybe not a contender again right away, but competitive no, but, in a way they definitely were not this year. Yeah, for sure. I kind of
1: like the Becker's fit with Jewel personally, just being uh, a little bigger, having more of a playmaking bent to her game. Not that Kaitlin Clark is not a great passer, but I think Becker's natural inclination is to kind of get off it and then get back to get it back later in a possession and kind of score and attack a rotating defense, that type of thing. So that would be fun, but you're right. Whoever they get, I think they'll be on their way. The last note on this to me would just be with these two contracts, 2024 free agency was set up to be pretty awesome. The These two, I, I had kind of Penciled in as like they could maybe change teams because of some of the factors we're talking about bad bad Seattle team rebuilding New York. Can they keep everybody? Well, they both are going to stay. So that takes a couple of the bigger potential free agents off the table. There's a lot on here. We already talked about Stewie and Jonquil Jones, who I don't expect to change teams. Lena Deladon, Brianna Jones, Dewana Bonner. These are all names that are technically free agents, but I expect to be back with their teams because of their kind of circumstances. But to me, that leaves Skylar Diggins Smith, who I didn't Mm -hmm. intentionally wear the shirt for, but we have it anyway, uh, and Clea Copper who I think are probably the next two. Skylar Diggins-Smith will change teams. We don't have to wonder there. She's She does not seem to be getting along with my city's uh, NBA and WNBA franchises. Uh, and then Kalia Copper, you know, I'm not trying to cast shade, but this guy lost everybody but her last summer or so last offseason. So wouldn't be the biggest surprise if she was uh, were to follow them. Um, so those would probably be the two I would have circled. But, you know, this league's kind of crazy. Anything can happen because of the hard cap and everything else.
0: Yeah, heading to, a, I think, an interesting summer on a bunch of fronts in the W uh, that will all get primed
1: up by the women's. We have that habit it, as basketball fans. We say summer, but it's technically winter. Sure. I just did it too, and then I feel like I made you yeah. do it. Yes. Yeah. technically you get the, it's the offseason, but yeah. it's not the summer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, winter and then like the draft spring sign yeah. me yeah sign me up for just a, a very fun run on that front all right let's move on yeah. to our team previews let's start with the charlotte hornets brendan mm-hmm. a team last year that uh, look um i'm not going to say i had a great time always watching the charlotte hornets and some of that is because my most important player barely played last year and that's the, the Ball. ball he gets the extension he's got the keys to the franchise I don't really know if I believe that this team this year is the right setting for us to learn all about him and exactly what he is as a league guy, because I still think this team is kind of bad. But he's their most likely bet at a superstar. I, I think that is very clear that LaMelo Ball is the clearest path the Hornets have to having a guy that can actually define the franchise. LaMelo Ball is a superstar. Okay, can I, I just I we, agree with you but just to play devil's advocate, bad defender a little kay. like I I think there's just like a he's little bit He's not a bad defender. Like, he okay. I don't think We he's have a to like
1: debate here. I, you're a very agreeable person Chris by nature I think, but we disagree about yes. LaMelo Ball and we just need to we just need to hash it out. This is just I, I'm a, we have talked around LaMelo quite a bit over yes. the course of the podcast and now we're here it's the Hornets preview. Okay. I think you don't
0: believe in him and I fully do. I don't. So look, I yes, I am agreeable. I'm from the I would also call that being from the Midwest is what I would say. Okay. Just what I would say. Um I am a lamella Ball skeptic because I think there are times where I he utterly transcends, There's other times where I just I think he's just like it's a little it's a the chaos factor, the the creation factor, it just like doesn't do it's not just doesn't always feel conducive. It feels like a little too much flash. Mm-hmm. For being like exactly what I kinda want as a league creator. It's not as careful as we're like, and don't like oh, look, I understand he's got good size, and I don't think he's as bad as a defender as he was as like a rookie. Cause like no one is ever as bad usually defensively as they are as a rookie because you just like grow up and, and whatnot. I just don't think he's like an impact. I don't think he's an impact defender. I don't think he's No Like and like last year, like, okay, advanced stat wise, just as part of my argument here that was the worst he's rated out as an estimated plus minus yeah here's the thing though
1: i like defensively if we want to just start there he is he gives me his second effort bad he doesn't he'll he'll fight through a screen but if the guy gets a a dribble past him it that's done
0: it's done you know if that's
1: if he's supposed to be helping but the guard is kind of already has like a head of steam. Like he's not going to take a charge from the strong side. He's not going to no. try to rip out for a steal. But when I watch him and I imagine what a good version of Charlotte is going to be, which, you know, now that Michael Jordan's gone, maybe they can actually build that. We'll see um, a good version of that team with more structure, more well fitting pieces, especially on the defensive end bigger, hopefully, not Terry Rozier and you know, PJ Washington and some of those under, undersized guys. I see a guy who can maybe he's guarding the third or fourth best player most nights, but who can be a solid team defender and use his size to make an impact. Like, is he a
0: better or worse defender than Tyrese Halliburton? I would say I think I this might just be reputation. I think I would prefer Halley as a, as a defender. I think we've seen more when I think Hallie they're pretty similar. Different. I think Halle probably has taken, like, a little bit of a step back because that's what you do when you become, like, the lead, like, lead guy, right? Like, and I think that's, like, that we've seen that regardless of position that when you spend so much energy on offense, you do spend less energy on defense. That's just, like, a thing. Mm-hmm. I think Kyle Burton was a little bit better before he kind of ended up. Like, I, th- I think in there was some real problem. In college, yeah. I think, And I think the, the projection of him, to me, is still better. I just want to see LaMelo, like do some of the stuff you're saying like i mean look he has like here's a a point of comparison but why would he not i mean if he has
1: the instincts and it's just an it's just like an effort thing like why would he if he's on a team team that's not like dog shit why would he not
0: I just, it's just some guys. I, it just I
1: just need I'm a I need to see it person. So Halliburton doing it at Ohio at Iowa State makes you
0: feel like it's gonna happen, but, but I think you saw LaMelo. him do a little. I I think you saw him do stuff at a little bit of a better level than you did like with Lamelo Ball in Charlotte, and that's somewhat on the Charlotte organization. I mm-hmm. think that is on the Hornets organization for not like making it incentivized for Lamelo Ball to try. Like, okay, here's this thing. Here's what I'll say as a point of comparison. Darius Garland is like. His upside because he's smaller on both ends of the floor is lower than Lamelo Ball's. Yeah, right. Because he's like six one, and he's never gonna be as like beefy as Lamelo could be if he adds muscle and and stuff. And I he can't like switch in the way Lamelo might be able to if he hits some version of himself right like i actually would really like to see what it would look like if Lamello like had to switch a bunch i think that'd be fascinating just because that tells you a lot about effort and motor on that end i think i just i would want to they switched but it was so broken
1: that it's the kind of switching where it's like
0: yeah and then and then
1: the guy scored
0: you know like that it's not they switched and then they clamped down it was not that i i want switching on like in a in a real team that is functioning which like Mm -hmm. the roster is a little bit more conducive to that this year but yeah it's not all the way there I've seen Darius like at least put in like the effort on all the stuff you're talking about that Lamelo doesn't do, and some of that is the team got better. Some of that is like the head coach situation in Cleveland worked out in a certain way that J.B. Bickerstaff like got that out of them. All of these mm-hmm. things kind of coalesce. They also have Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, which I think super duper makes you look better when you're a guard like that. Mm-hmm. But I've seen like Darius do that stuff and play in a way that is like really feeding into an ecosystem. There are times sure. where I think Lamelo, part, partly because of the organization and the players around him. I don't think has always played into an ecosystem in the way that I think his skills are going. So I am just a skeptic at this point, and it's great. It's only year three. He's really mm-hmm. young. It's been an awful organization. All that is fair. I am just somewhat of a LaMelo ball skeptic at this point.
1: Yeah. Uh, heading into year four, just... Yeah, I think... Yes. To me, I still don't see the case for anything besides believing in LaMelo ball. I think he's still... Up there with Cade Cunningham as the best version of this new generation of kind of unselfish, like run and gun point guards that includes Garland, Halliburton, Josh Giddy, and then Caden and LaMelo. There might be others I'm forgetting. But I think LaMelo still has a clear path to being the best of all those guys i think the chaotic good of of kind of what he does on offense i see as a plus i think he actually can play off ball and i really wish that they had drafted scoot anderson because i think that's part of what makes Lamelo ball I, special
0: i think he actually i, I agree with that that i yeah. that we are in agreement i think scoot mm-hmm. on the team over brandon Miller. I, well I okay up. <laughs> yeah well I, I knew we agreed on that but um no, but like on this team specifically i would mm-hmm. rather see that to play yeah. the mellow like in a more combo situation in the off-ball stuff mm-hmm. and he's like, comfortable is he, yeah
1: he's he comfortable stay. taking spot up threes you know like i think he he actually come came off of screens and, and ran dribble handoff i think that there's just this perception that he is like set a pick for me at half court. I'm coming downhill and we'll just see what happens. That's not not what he, that's not how he plays, you know? And I think he really does. Like when, when he has a real lineup around him with spacing and, you know, uh, a big and everything, like he creates good shots most of the time down the floor, in my opinion. Um, But to your point, like the stats have not really backed up his impact yet. And the shot has come and gone. And there are a lot of things about his game that You know, have to be fleshed out and proven. And 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 again, to your point, I don't know if this is the year that we fully that that the roster can bring that out of him better than it has. Because this roster didn't change a ton. They're getting Miles Bridges back, but other than that, it's a lot of the same. And you're hoping that some of the young guys maybe help. But you know, it's Terry Rozier again. It's Gordon Hayward again. It's you know, like I don't even. Beyond that, you're you're already getting to the end of the list of impact players. So maybe this isn't the year that proves my argument, but I still would fully be invested in in Lamelo Ball. I mean, not as the team, of course, they have to pay him, but I would. I'm still keeping the stock. I'm not selling it, and I think he is the type of player you can build a great team around.
0: I, I am willing to be convinced. I just. I'm a little skeptical, and I really just... Look, to my original point, I don't know if this year is exactly where I feel like I might... Like This roster's still just weird. Like, Booneite has been a miss. There's a, there's a bunch of rookies on this team. Gordon Hayward is, like, old, and I don't know if his body works anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't really know if Steve Clifford is the right coach for LaMelo Ball. I don't really think that's, like, the pairing that I kind of want for what LaMelo Ball could be. Maybe right? not, but you... Pointed out a minute ago
1: that um, about the defense that you know they the the structure's not there or whatever. I think and by the end of the last of last year they were really good defense. Sure. They yes. down the stretch clamped down on teams. Now who was not in the lineup at that point, Lamelo Ball. But you know I I do think if they can stay healthy, then you will see the defense improve this year under Clifford because he he has that track record and. Yeah, that's what he does. So I don't really see any reason to believe it won't happen. They're getting, I guess Cody Martin is the one guy they're getting back who we haven't talked about, but uh, we're getting kind of, I'm getting ahead of myself so we can uh, finish off on LaMelo, and then I think we have the same preseason hype man.
0: So is he your most, LaMelo's your most important player? Yes, yeah.
1: I mean, who else would it be? I mean, you could make the case for Brandon Miller, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think it's going to be a pretty rough rookie season for Brandon Miller.
0: Yeah, I think he, I think, and that might be good for him in some ways, but I try I don't know what that's going to look like. Again, I, I don't mean that Clifford is like a bad coach. I get why they hired him after James Borrego. Like I sort of, I understand. I don't think the they should have process. fired James Borrego is my kind of personal I, view. I agree. But if you're going to do that and you hire Steve Clifford, I kind of understand the thought process. My I think my thought is I want someone who is like in sync with a mellow on offense. Like, mm-hmm. like, or you have an assistant like Mike Brown as Jordy Fernandez in Sacramento that can do creative offensive stuff to like unleash your star guard. That's kind of what I want for LaMelo. Yeah.
1: I think the hope would be for a coach that maybe this or next year is Clifford's last season and then the new regime can start to make its imprint and spend some actual money to get smart people in the door. I just think they haven't prioritized that. I mean, you don't really hire, you know, retread Mitch Kupchak and retread Steve Clifford if you're trying to like progressively
0: you know, imagine a new version of what your team can be, you know? Bingo. Uh, let's move on to player. We'll be talking about at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, Brennan, we do have the same player. We, we realized this when we were texting and prepping. Can you, you tell, you tell the listeners, our viewers who that is. Mark Williams. The second-year center. I mean,
1: you you mentioned not enjoying watching the Hornets. Agreed. I did see them in person in the second half of the year. I think Lamelo was out, and Mark Williams just popped immediately in person. He's just one of those guys. His combination of, you know, obviously the athleticism, but then you throw in the coordination, the kind of feel. He just moves around on a basketball court at 7 feet tall and understands how to use his body and use his skill set as a rookie who... Was thought to be fairly raw, even coming out of college to watch a guy with that perception. I was just kind of floored by how differently I felt watching him. And it seems like he's a lot further along with all of those things than you would expect. And if he gets real time and they got rid of Mason Plumley, if he starts for this team and has a real opportunity here I think he's gonna be one of the breakout players in the league maybe like I I really think he has that kind of potential
0: I'm in love with Mark Williams as what he could just be I I don't know if he's gonna be like an all-star or anything like that but I think this is one of those centers where it's like can you just find someone with a late lottery pick at center right now I think you can if you get a little bit lucky with the draft class and you do some good scouting and all that stuff. He, to me, and watching back some games and watching back some clips, it's composed finisher. He's a really good athlete. He has a really nice feel on defense. He has these moments of composure, Brendan, that I don't think you can really teach. He will, mm-hmm. like, maybe get beat on the first action and be slightly out of position, but he doesn't do the thing a lot of young players at every position do, which is freak out and foul. He stays grounded and he waits, and then he reacts as the guy actually makes their move. He doesn't overdo it. He's not overzealous. Like he's like he. That's huge for a young center who's two as at the back line of of a defense, and particularly a Steve Clifford defense. I think that's that's really impressive. Sixty five percent on twos last year, seventy percent at the rim. I, I'm curious, to, you know, how much does he get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, and maybe handle some of the behemoths of the league a little bit differently. And to Lamelo's credit. I think Mark Williams with a full season of the could have like a monster season of efficiency within four feet of the rim. I think he could just be like an automatic lob threat in that space with the full season of the and him playing together.
1: It's funny. We, it seems like we've been talking about centers a lot in this spot because we talked about Durin for the Pistons. Um, we talked about Shengun, although I had him as most important for for Houston and then jump into Utah in a second, but i uh, going to, exposed that I have a center there, too. And it's just kind of interesting to think about what they have to be and what they are in the modern NBA. But um, I agree with you on having a real pick-and-roll partner. I think long-term and even this season is a better course of action for what you want with LaMelo than Mason Plumley was. But, yes, since you, I think, covered the defense kind of thoroughly there, I would just say offensively in addition to being that I actually think he can maybe slide into some of what Plumlee was doing as a DHO guy as a short roll passer some of that stuff like I think he has the kind of IQ and feel offensively Mark Williams to to do that you know good form confident on his mid-range jumper too you know made a few of those last year that makes you kind of wonder what Maybe not even this season, but could he be somebody who makes corner threes here and there later on or even just have the ability to, you know, hit a floater, hit a quick jumper, just add another dimension to what the defense has to respect when he does get the ball. Um, But yeah, I mean, you're starting from a place of somebody who reads the game at a really high level and is a freak athlete like that's a starter.
0: Yeah, the. The offensive stuff, I think it's it would be good to start pushing that on him now because mm-hmm. I do think the younger you can expose him to that and give him reps out of now when you're not super worried about how many games you win or making the playoffs and it's not super realistic. I think that's better now. I would rather him go through that now than try to add it to his game when he's like 26 and you've already sure. like I would rather start doing that now with him. And I think, to your point, I think that's another way to just give Lamelo different looks and kind of aid in what makes him really good. I do think mm-hmm. they're... Is an element to that, um, so I I'm all for it. And look, Nick Richards isn't a bad backup center either. Like they're gonna have like decent, they're gonna have good center play for a team that like I have some questions. Like, and they do have they are gonna play Lamelo and Rozier together, which is not I think a particularly stout perimeter guard pairing. I do think mm-hmm. that like having the centers they do is is a good backbone for maybe them not towards some of the defensive improvements last year and also them not having such a disastrous defensive rating over the course of the full season and a back net rating like they did last year. Absolutely. Sorry.
1: And I know that, uh, or I like that when a team has the same type of center, there's a lot of these teams that end up where the backup, it just plays incredibly differently because there's so many different types of centers in the league in 2023. But... I didn't, I don't love when it's like Plumlee and then Mark Williams. It's like you're changing everything kind of about how you play to have Williams and Richards now. And I think Richards may start, if I'm being honest, because he just kind of has the experience advantage and they just paid him. You know, I think they obviously like him and maybe they'll just feel, especially an old fashioned coach like, you know, Steve Clifford might just feel a little more comfortable with that, at least, you know, opening night. I mean, maybe not by February, but, um, either way okay, the, got, the continuity is going to be okay, good there. Okay, but okay, you get Nick Richards did get he got 5 million. He got, he got 5 million a year. Yeah. Yeah, but Los I'm just saying like Williams Williams got a lot of DNP's last year. You know, we're not talking True. about a guy who just like immediately just blew up everything about what, you know, the Hornets were expecting of him. I think that they're still trying to bring him along. So, we'll see, but either way, the yeah. continuity of the skill set and the style of both of those guys I think will help too. Yep, What's your uh, best
0: lineup? 40, 43 games for Mark Williams as a rookie. Yeah, and that's tw- under 20 minutes a game. So there definitely is some projections on our, our part, which, I you know, we're doing our job. All right, best lineup LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, Mark Williams. You could put Hayward in here, I guess, if you wanted to, just for like a, a bigger body scoring type in place of, I would say, Washington. But I, I'm going to put three defenders at the bigger forwards at the floor um, up front. I think you know, Washington can kind of and Williams as a defensive parent can be awesome. Look, you know Miles Bridges was accused and all of that of some very heinous things. As a basketball player, he's good. So he's going to be on the floor. Like he's back and there's there's kind of an uncomfortability about that. I get that, but he's going to be there. But to me the lineup it's LaMelo, he's your league creator, Razier secondary guy can really get hot and torch teams. You have Washington there to be kind of your defensive wing switchy kind of guy that takes on the, the, the biggest assignment you have every night. Bridges there to dunk. Bridges there to shoot a little bit, to, to be dynamic in a way. And we know what the LaMelo Bridges' lob pairing can be. We've seen that a ton. And then Mark Williams at center. Maybe Nick Richards is technically better this year, but I want to have Williams there and let him grow with this group. I love it. It's very similar to what I have. I want
1: to, with these previews, the past couple, I had the best lineup from last year in my notes and kind of forgot to say it, so we should go over that um, as a point of comparison. But in this case, the team had so many injuries and problems that it. we'll start it with Utah. <laughs> um, but I think everything you said makes sense. My best lineup for the 2023-24 Charlotte Hornets, I'm going big. LaMelo Ball. I have Gordon Hayward at the two. A lot of the lineups that did succeed, Last year for this team were big. Rogier might have been on the court, but he was smaller. Hayward is gonna give you playmaking, he's gonna give you shooting, he's gonna give you IQ, defense is good enough. Miles Bridges, there may be some rust, there may be some, you know, criticism, and he may have to handle that. Don't really care, but he's a good player. If he's out there, he's gonna make an impact. PJ Washington, I believe in. I think with Steve Clifford's take away the paint style defensively on the backside. They might use Mark Williams, who is my center in this lineup to kind of muck things up, go out on the perimeter more hedge blitz. But PJ's length and size and IQ, I think will really help there. And that's part of why I like the size overall. So that lineup gives you spacing, playmaking at every position and enough length and size on defense that I hope it can be passable. But if that lineup stays healthy, this seems going to be good. And that might give away my over/under a little bit, but i I think that five plus you still have Rogier and some uh, Cody Martin, some other guys. Like it's not a bad top seven, eight, nine when you
0: really think about it. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Okay, let's us now go to best case, Brendan. For me, the best case is is pretty simple. amela ball ascends in a big way. Miller is competent slash good as a rookie. Someone looks like they can build with. And Mark Williams does take the step forward we've kind of outlined here. And you feel really good about him going into his third season. You feel like those three guys as the backbone of your young core, that's what this is about. You know, you maybe get some more wins than you expect because of some of the veterans you have. But this is the way here it's the young guys proving they're good and worth it and that like whatever is coming here you have those three guys as kind of your tent piece and then maybe you can also turn some of these veterans into assets to play around with and give yourself some more flexibility
1: little dinjar in there this is the way i liked it i saw a halloween costume yesterday at target that was uh grogu but you literally just put the entire ball carriage over your whole body and there's no head hole that was the costume and I'm like Target usually is not like doing like goofy costumes like joke costumes but I was like I really feel for anybody who actually tries to wear this and just like passes out from not being able to breathe anyway my best I'll case. Try to, I'll,
0: I'll do an episode in that outfit for if we perfect if, if, if we get, record on if we Halloween. To, if we get to two thousand subscribers by Halloween, I'll go buy that <laughs> and then uh, you set the number high enough where you know you're not going to have to do that. That was
1: very smart of you. All right, <laughs> best case, I have uh, the young centers keep developing. The offense returns to the heights of two years ago, even with James Borrego gone. They were the number six offense the year that Borrego yeah. got fired. They were forty three and thirty nine. Had the number six offense in the NBA, and Michael Jordan was like. Hasta la Vista James it's over uh, and then if all that happens I would say Charlotte hosts a play in game like 7 eight seed.
0: Mm, okay that's interesting worst I don't know case. if I'm qu- I don't know if I'm quite that high in them but I think that's that's interesting. so I, th- I think the worst case is about the young guys you know does Miller is Miller just like a lost puppy who doesn't do anything positive as a rookie and you feel and meanwhile like scoot may be killing it in, in in Portland yeah um, Williams just kind of stalls out, and like maybe some of the promise doesn't project over seventy games as it did in fifty, or he's just young and he struggles. You know, I think I think the worst thing that could happen here is in some way they end up in the wilderness looking for an identity, Brendan. I think that's where this is at. If they are in the wilderness this year and it's just like I don't know what this is, I think that that lack of clarity is is would be really tough for them at
1: this point. My brain just kind of stalled here for a second. This is the team that Kenny Atkinson was supposed to coach, right?
0: Yes. Okay. and I I, I got mixed Kenny up I, I didn't know coaching, Kenny Atkinson coaching LaMelo Ball and having a center like Mark Williams to me would give me some real good Brooklyn Nets mm-hmm. vibes And then I think with, with a higher ceiling if you build it yeah.
1: correctly I mean I, I kind of wonder what happens if like they go through this season they you know I think they could be pretty good but whatever happens and then they just like re, they just call Kenny back up and they're like hey the Warriors have shoot? everybody's over 35 you know Steve's not retiring anytime soon. Can we double the offer? <laughs> like what Tom Gores did with Monty Williams. You know what I mean? Like, we're giving you fuck you money. You know what I mean? Like, just come coach our team. Cause I think he's kind of the right guy for this. But anyway, uh, I have worst case injury strike, ball and Hayward again. Bridges isn't the same. Coming back and the bottom falls out. And then in parentheses, I put again. <laughs> Cause the bottom has <laughs> fallen out uh, a number of times, but I, all that said on the whole, I still have them going over 31 and a half. Charlotte has been over that number in two of LaMelo balls, three seasons last year was the only time uh, that they weren't. They were a 43 win team two years ago, as I mentioned under James Borrego with better health and more structure and a, and an identity. They won 27 games last year despite awful health luck. Hayward Ball and Martin and Miles Bridges all missed most of the year. And they still won 27, which like that's, nobody's going to, you know, throw a party for winning 27 games, but that's only five below what they would need to win to hit the over here. And you would expect at least one or two of those guys to play the majority of the season. Miles Bridges has never had health problems. So that's kind of how I look at this. And I think that they will go over 31 and a half. I might even have them at like mid 30s i might
0: have them like way over i I go over as well i was not there originally i've kind of come around just because they're adding the actual talent back in a big way but brennan hot take i might feel better about the season in some ways if they did end up with the under just because i feel like then the young guys would maybe be emphasized Mm -hmm. and i do think this team needs like another really high lottery pick i think i'd feel better about them if they had one more like blue chip because yeah. like they hit like the, the the part of the reason we they are where they are right now, I think mm-hmm. that's not really something you get into in a season preview fully, is they have aside from Williams and the Mellow, I think done a really horrid job in the draft the last couple of years. Like it's been terrible. Bad. It's been really bad. So they're they're lacking in terms of the talent I think they need to really maximize around like yes, like they have three guys that I really like. Or at least two I really like and we'll see about Miller. But I think there's a world where, like, you maybe got to go chase some assets and play the upside game a little bit. Like, can you just, yeah. like, get a first? Can you get, like, a decent first out of PJ Washington in a trade? And then maybe you get, like, the seventh best lottery odds, or if mm-hmm. someone else wants Miles of Bridges and Gordon Hayward gets a buyout and you can reset that way. I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world.
1: Yeah. I do just want to close by saying, because we didn't talk about Brandon Miller a ton, and I kind of threw out, like, I think it'll be a bad year. I think it is often a bad year for a rookie wing, especially one who is thin like he is. It's just hard for him to make an impact on the game. He's not ready to handle the ball. His shot may be fine, but it's not, I doubt he's gonna be a 40% shooter right away. And defensively, what's your impact gonna be if, you know you can't guard bigger players very well and you know you're not the team's best option to guard the point of attack either I I don't know how many minutes he gets at least early in the season so that's where I am with Brandon Miller but long term I think he'll be a starting caliber player if not better like I think I I think he's a good player I just you know the pick was a question mark his rookie season might be rough and so for this conversation that's kind of where I'm at yeah I think that's all
0: fair okay Let's now move on to the Utah Jazz, one of the the surprise teams in some way of last season. Maybe didn't hit their promise of the early part of the season, Brendan, but a team that I feel like has a very bright future over in Utah with some of the players they have, and I think maybe most notably with all the assets they have to trade after moving on from Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Um, Most important player. I, I think it's this is an obvious choice. I think it's a lot of remarketing. Like, I, I think I just want to see how does he follow up last year? How real does last year feel? I think that's all worth exploring on a team that is, I think, still in its building phase. I don't think this team is going to hit the gas just yet. I think the hipster pick is maybe Taylor Hendricks, just because he's their most prized rookie, and it's like, okay, what does this rookie give them, and what does that add? But I, I went and I want to see how real some of what he did last year is, and I tend to think that it is pretty legit. Yeah, that, and that's why I, you know, I
1: kind of felt the same with my like best and worst case on the Hornets, with not even including anything about Lamelo, and I think that speaks to my belief in him, and I feel pretty similarly with Larry Markkinen. I, I don't think anything last year was flukish. I think the way that he can impact the game offensively in so many ways, he's one of my favorite players to watch in the league, like straight up. You know, we talked about him a lot last year as the breakout was happening. We broke down, you know, his his rise. We broke down kind of, you know, Why it happened, what it meant, all that stuff. And like the more that I watch him, like he can come off the ball, he can screen, he can handle the ball, he can shoot, he can drive, he can just go up for a dunk because he's seven feet tall. Like he just made good on literally every element of his promise last year. And statistically, like, yeah, he jumped up in a few categories, but I think I just think this is what he is now frankly like i think he's going to be a perennial all-star candidate and i think you know he's probably not the type of player that's the best guy on a great team but to me like can he be a number two or a you know really overqualified number three yes like i don't even have much of a question there and defensively i think he's solid enough i really do like they're going to probably start him at the three this year i think he's fine like you know especially with kessler back there and they switch a lot and everything like I just don't have a lot of questions. I do it doesn't sound like you do either. I agree he's their most important no. player because he's their best player. But I guess I almost just looked past him because I was like, Yep, check that box. They got Larry Markin and all star season incoming, then you know, what's next?
0: Yeah, I just wanna see it again. I think just mm-hmm. proof of concepts. I don't think is ever a bad thing and I think defensively it's a good shot. I think there's gonna we'll get to this in best line if they're gonna have some lineups that are huge mm-hmm. and I think that's gonna be good for him. I think if I learned anything from watching him up close a year in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. One thing that I think I didn't see from him in Chicago that I think is real with him is that even if I don't think he's someone I'm going to throw on your Tatums or someone like that in a playoff series, I think if you switch him onto those guys or he ends up on them for a stretch, he's not going to freak out and and flame out and be a problem. He's going to be someone who can do good work there. And he is someone who I do believe... Can be someone that is like he's not going to be a guy you pick on in the playoffs anyway, right? Like I think he's yeah. someone who's going to just like is he going to shut down someone? No, but is he someone that there's six seconds left on the shot clock? You're like panicking if you're the defense because that switch happens. I don't think so. Agreed, and I think he just kind of knows
1: how to use his size well in those situations and move his feet. Right? It's like you know he's not going to block you, but. He's going to get a contest up, you know, and yes. I would say the same thing even on guards. Like, I think he's pretty comfortable, yeah. you know, if it's like LaMelo Ball, who we just talked about. I think he'll just he's just patient and kind of in control in those moments. Um, all right. My most important player is Walker Kessler. OK. I think Walker Kessler might be further along than Rudy Gobert at the same stage. And I know those comparisons are kind of unfair and just like doesn't really matter. Like it's it doesn't really matter how he compares to Rudy Gobert who's no longer on this team. But it just, one, it makes sense because they're on the same team. But it also matters because you're talking about a multi-time defensive player of the year who you are saying, you know, I'm saying, Walker Kessler might be further along than that level of talent. Team shot, this was the one of the craziest stats I've pulled since our season preview series started. Do you know what team shot again at the rim against Walker Kessler last year?
0: I do not. I have
1: not. 52%.
0: <laughs> For fuck's sake. That's
1: really 12% bad. worse than Utah's overall number. So when he was that's... out there, he brought the opponent's field goal percentage at the rim down 12 percentage points. That's the kind of impact you're talking about. He's one of the best shot blockers in the NBA already. He's an elite re- offensive rebounder already. Shot 77% himself at the rim as a rookie, got fouled constantly and can make free throws. And the thing that jumped the most to me watching back a game of theirs to prep for this is he switched all the time late in the year. He's guarding like they had a they I was watching them play Orlando. They had a lineup Actually, interestingly, which I, you know, missed until Steve Kerr brought it to our attention where Paolo was the center, the Magic uh-huh. did in this game. And Markel Fultz was at point guard and Lowry was also on the floor, I believe, or Olinick. And so they had that guy guard Paolo and Walker Kessler was guarding Fultz. That was like the default matchup. I did not remember how aggressively they schemed around Kessler, even in year one, when you combine that with the rim protection, like you're talking about a generational defender if all of that continues to trend in the right direction.
0: So over under a year and a half before like the Utah Twitter mafia is like screen assist again? Like, are we going to be there with what? Like, I don't want that for him. But no, like it's got to be something coming. different with Kessler. It can't be, you can't
1: pull the old tricks anymore. You got to do like... Um, <laughs> contests on switches or something like that. Gonna, it's going to have to be a little more creative than that. They got to go deep on synergy
0: or you know, NBA tracking or something. Yeah. All right. Uh, player will be talking about at the end of the season. I'm going to go with Baji, Brendan. I didn't want to talk about Walker Kessler because I kind of had a feeling you would and I wanted to bring up some other guys and give ourselves a mm-hmm. diversity of conversation here. I just think Ochai is going to be like a really competent like NBA wing for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think he got really solid towards the end of the year. Did not really play like a rookie towards mm-hmm. the end of his rookie season. I know he comes a little bit older, but like that's still, I think, notable. He's going to shoot. He's really tough. He can defend, even if I don't know how switchable exactly he's going to be, but I like him as defending, you know, maybe ones, twos, and some threes. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to i think he's a good guy to pair with if they find a a league creator type who's maybe not the best defender i think he's someone who's going to pair well with any version of that that they prioritize in the future i think Mm -hmm. he's good connective tissue between Markinen and the bigs is kind of as the wing there i just like him as a player and i think he's going to be one of those like non-all-star guys who nba hipsters are like you know who's like a good solid wing oh who'd you
1: rather have him or max truce in that fifth spot in cleveland
0: uh, p- probably Struce just because he's a little bit more proven the question is bigger too the question that I've cut that, that I, I don't maybe it's just Donovan Mitchell but I've always it's never been like reported out fully but I've always wondered in that trade like if the Knicks were really hedging on giving up some stuff did the Cavs have to give up everything could they have just kept Abaji yeah, well, like could they could, like, and I think they may have tried this, and I I get why Utah said no, but could they have like given up the pick and like kept marketing instead of Lavert? Like, there's just some questions. Or a Coro
1: like, goes instead of a Baji, or so, you know something. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Look, but I, I, here's the uh, Brennan Still and Isaac Coro believer over here. By the way, hold and the stock. salute to you for it. He's going to be your uh, preseason guy to watch for Cleveland in year four. Yeah, uh, yeah, obviously. Okay, great. Uh, all I right. Um, Mobley. I, uh, I I like Abaji. I wonder if he's not
0: like just a better Malik Beasley. I think he's going to be a better defender than Malik Beasley. Uh uh-huh. And Malik Beasley at times, I'm just like, I don't know what this guy's doing defensively, and I don't think Abaji's ever going to be that. Not that bad. No. That's why, you know, I did say better, but like, I, uh,
1: yeah, I, I was surprised. Like, I mean, in one category, it's great that he has the the quick trigger and confidence from three, but that dude was chucking shots, you know, and and he made them. So like, it's fine. But I wonder what, what is the evolution of his game look like? I guess is my question, but uh, definitely great rookie season, all things considered. I mean, you, you at least know now you have not a bust, you have a rotation caliber wing on your hands. And that just keeps adding additional cherries and sprinkles and chocolate chips onto the amazing summer that they had last year. You know, it's like, oh, Kessler is a game-changing defender. Oh, Marketing broke out. Oh, Abad, like, it's just insane. So, you know, salute to Danny Ainge. But my preseason guy to watch, or guy we'll be talking about at the end of the year, Keontae George. Mm. This is purely a summer league overreaction, I, I would say. You know, we're all kind of there. We don't really know. I mean, and he was the guy, I would say, who... Differed the most between like pre-draft analysis to like what he showed at summer league There was a lot of questions about his decision-making there was a lot of questions about his shooting ability You know comes out plays six summer league games in Salt Lake City and Vegas combined Shoots 39% from deep 32 assists to just 11 turnovers has about as good of a summer debut as you could possibly ask for but I think beyond that I like him because I can see a version of him that fits with the rest of their team, maybe better than like a Jordan Clarkson or a Mike Conley did. Even obviously age wise, you don't think those guys are going to be there for the long term. but even stylistically, George has better size than those two do. do mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a little bit more of an athlete than either of those guys. So, you know, I don't know if George, Abaji, Markin and Kessler as like your best four players is winning a championship, but I think he strikes me as somebody who will just fit. I mean, I don't know of a better way to put it. And if he can continue to grow, then maybe there's even more to his game than that. Maybe he is more of a switch defender. Maybe he is, you know, an even better shooter than than we think. Or pull-up threes start to really be a part of his game. I don't know. But he, he really started a, a nice floor for himself. So Hendricks is a good one. I'm a little less familiar with him personally, so maybe that's why i didn't put him here he could have easily been on our list i think but george is my guy
0: yeah i, th- I think hendrix is just I, th- I think this team is in a spot where like they have a lot of guys that i think i kind of like and i don't know if any of them are going to hit the upper ceiling but that's what all the assets they have to trade her for mm-hmm. should brennan should i say At the name point. that i texted you should i text you the name that i would love on this team should we should i say that or should i should i say should we save should i just not say that the name i texted you that i kind of been thinking about with this team and like i mean years. you can say it but i we we should probably hold on like a
1: deep dive on it yeah but yeah, it's the, it's worth for how we think about this team or how you're you're thinking about this team i think so it's, the name it's that i context. told brennan
0: that i that i think would be cool for them is like a lead guy with the pieces they have is josh giddy like that kind of guy like if you have an imperfect or like ben simmons before everything happened mm-hmm like, like you can, you can, can. Their, their roster is malleable and they have a really creative coach in Will Hardy and a really good development coach in Will Hardy and that whole staff dating back like multiple things out like they've, they've always really done well in development it seems I mean mm-hmm. Jordan Clarkson got better there and he was kind of like a finished product when they made that trade for him so that, that speaks mm-hmm. well to I think their organization you get someone like Giddy and you have all the shooting and you have all these switchable guys and competent defenders and it's like Giddy can just like be kind of that kind of guy can just be himself and I think that could unlock a lot of talent if they don't go and get your more traditional lead apex kind of guy. Just been thinking about that. Because like I don't, there's clearly going to be some kind of big move for this team at some point. And maybe yeah. it's probably not this year. Is it in two years? Whatever it is, there's going to be something here that unlocks something really interesting. And I, I, that kind of guy would make some sense to me. Because their price also might be um, a little bit lower. Uh, let's go to Brennan Best lineup. My best lineup for
1: this year's Jazz. I have Jordan Clarkson, who you mentioned, developed, has become a really efficient and kind of smart playmaker for this team, rather than the six-man I think he used to be. Ochai Abaji, just give me spacing. Give me effort. Give me solid defense. You need him to develop. Lowry Markinen, no-brainer. This guy is an all-star caliber player. He can do everything. He can fit any role. He has to be part of any great version of this team i have john collins yeah he's on this team i think we have the same lineup i think brent okay great athlete i think he can fill the olenic role and the jared vanderbilt role from last year's team pretty well i think he can be a chameleon and do both of those things as a playmaker as an athletic help defender I believe in John Collins quite a bit overall and then Walker Kessler I think he's gonna be one of the best defenders in the NBA again this season I think he's gonna continue to grow and develop he can be versatile and protect the rim and do all that stuff even better than his predecessor in Rudy Gobert and I think this five could be one of the stronger lineups in the league I like the balance and I like the blend of age and and veterans so give it to me I I think the Jazz are gonna be pretty good again this year
0: Clarkson, unorthodox one, but I think someone that you can do some stuff with and mm-hmm. is certainly, I think again, it has improved. And I think the offense they run gives him some, some aid in the way other situations went not. Abaji, We talked about him marketing. We've talked about him. He's going to be the lead scoring option on this team. Again, that's going to be really fun. Look, John Collins, I, I, I don't. I'm curious to see what this looks like with him. I'm curious to see him in a new environment, just getting away from Trey Young, maybe make him feel a little bit better. Uh, just getting out of Atlanta, give him some new shine on life. I think that's going to be interesting. But he's a good defender. Can shoot corner threes when he's willing. Certainly, I think like there's some overlap with him and Kessler as far as dunking. But I think he's good enough to figure it out if they can get creative with it. And then Kessler, obviously, he's gotta gotta be in there. Um, I I don't love the real lack of a, a lead. Kind of distributor in this team, like I think, uh, I kind of, I think this team's kind of lacking a little bit of that. But I think that they'll be competent enough just with the talent they have and the guys they have. All right, best case, Brendan. I think Will Hardy, for one, is a great coach. I think the talent he maximizes, I think, gets them in a good spot. I think this team could be close to, like, get close to five hundred if things break correctly be around 500, be in the play and race a little bit and be a team that we're really thinking about is is making a trade in the future to kind of elevate this. I fully
1: agree that they're going to be another solid team. I just think to me, they can't be bad enough
0: to tank this year. No. You know, it's no, the same as last year. And and so barring, barring an injury to like Larry Markin and Kessler on day one. And then it's just like, okay, this is over. They can't tank.
1: They're too good. Yeah, again, right? Uh, So, yeah, what I had was best case, Collins is a seamless fit. Kessler is a top half defense by himself in year two. The offense keeps doing its thing, and the Jazz are even better than last year. Worst case, I had Collins is once again the odd man out. Utah misses having a traditional point guard like they had in Mike Conley, and the defense is still a work in progress.
0: All the same, and I think the other thing, just I don't believe it's going to happen, but if marketing regresses in some way or doesn't work out in some way and you're kind of left like a little more unsure, that's the case. And I think you do want to see something from some of your young guys, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's Abaji whether that's Taylor Hendricks, whether that's Kenton George, whether that's Colin Sexton, who is still in this team, uh... They have some guys that I think have something to prove here and are in weird spots. So last season,
1: and I meant I said we were gonna do this with the Hornets and then I forgot it again. The last year's best lineup had
0: Sexton in it. Do you want to know what last year's best jazz lineup was? Can I try to guess? Sure. Sexton, Clarkson, Markkanen, Jared Vanderbilt, Walker Kessler. You had all of them except it was actually Olinick at the five. Instead of instead of Walker Kessler?
1: Yeah, but it's kind of interesting to look at it that way because it makes me pretty excited about Collins and Olenek together. I know, you know... Uh, Vanderbilt's not fully like a rim protector, whereas I think that's more what John Collins' best ability is. But the idea of Olenek being able to go back to playing the five and then having, you know, Collins be his partner in that front court and then having Markkanen and Kessler be kind of tied together, I think they're going to have some fun combos. The the Markkanen-Kessler combo last year was plus six per 100 possessions when it was on the court, whenever those two guys were on the court. That's pretty good. So this mixing and huge. matching that will be fun.
0: Yeah. Team, it's going to be huge they're going to like bully teams like consistently and it's going to be kind of cool to see
1: that's the other thing we didn't even talk about with uh, Markinen is he's a really good rebounder too i mean not really good you know he's not like it's dennis rodman out there <laughs> but he's a good rebounder right so yeah um do you know who could have you know
0: could have used him as being a good rebounder like two months to three four months ago for the Cavs probably <laughs> the Cavaliers, Yes. all right i have over 35 and a half i do too easy
1: they were a 39 win team statistically last year but their actual win total was also over 35 and a half. I get that they lost Mike Conley and Mike Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. Okay, those were not their best players. And there's plenty of guys who you could see improving even with a roster that didn't change a lot. So even the young guys continuing to get better would make them even better than last year. And they already hit the over on this. I don't even understand this line. This is, this is a weird one. It's like them, I guess, just Vegas or betters just being like nothing Utah did last year was real or we weren't paying attention.
0: Yeah, I think there's that. I think there's probably some of just like, you know, there is there. I think amid all the positivity we have, I do think there is some uncertainty about like uh, some of all this coming together. And there is just some. There's no like traditional, like lead star guy that we're really familiar with that would make you comfortable. I think with everything going on here, right? Like I think that's probably what's missing more than anything else. It's just like Markkinen's awesome. He's going to be like an all-star candidate for NHLBA guy again. I think. But that's not a guy that like your average, I think, betting public is like, you know who I'm just like all in on, marketing That's a top ten guy, you know. I don't think yeah. I don't think like the and I and then I think you look at the wrestler roster and it's really young guys. It's guys who we don't know exactly what they are. Like I look like even Sexton. Let's say I believe in Colin Sexton. I think there's still going to be really good basketball for him to come, assuming he's healthy. It's been a tough two years for him in that regard. I know the Jazz played a very cautious with him last year we don't really know what he is and he's already on a second contract. Like, I don't think we know exactly everything that will work for him. And I think that there's some complicating factors to that, I think, with how this team is built.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I just think like they have so many pathways to hitting the over two, right? It's like, even if somebody like Sexton wasn't as good Okay, well, then they'll just play Clarkson more and maybe, you know, Keontae George comes along and they don't even need to, you know, it's just kind of like, there's just too much talent, I guess might be the best way to put
0: it. And they're a good coach team, you know, well-coached team. A really well-coached team. And again, I do think the player development stuff with them is legit. I really think, I don't know what it is, and I don't know how we could. This is even like an episode. I think that would be that fun to do, or like even totally feasible. But like, I think I would put them in like my top five of like teams I would trust to get the most out of a guy.
1: For sure, yeah. I mean, it's you know not maybe a conversation for the season preview, but you were you were just talking about Gideon trades and stuff, and like, is somebody going to stay in Utah? You know, can they do it not homegrown? I'm curious about that.
0: Joe, they need to get Joe Ingles back from his Disney vacation in Orlando. And remember that when Joe Engel signed with the Orlando Magic? Forgot about that until I started prepping for that one. And um, get him as, a, as an advisor, Be like, hey, Josh, you know what's great? Living in Utah. The mountains? Amazing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it's not to say, I'm, like, I'm not sitting here saying nobody would ever do that, but the past iterations of the Jazz very much prioritize we need to get draft picks and keep them that's going to be our pathway to being great and it's nice to have all these first round picks but unless Danny Ainge finds somebody who he can go get who chooses to re-up in Utah which has never really happened I don't know what their future is it's a different type of bet on how to build this team out than what they've done in the past and especially now that they have too much talent to be awful it's going to be a kind of a tightrope walk I think
0: yeah, but I think it's a it should be a fun one to watch and I would feel pretty good about them getting somewhere with mm-hmm. this group. It's I, I think there is a ton to, to be learned here and a ton still to do, but it's quite fascinating. All right, that's gonna be it for the just Bass show for September eleventh. I'm Chris Manning. That is Brendan Clean. Thanks gonna Dylan Heiser for his work on production. We'll be back at you later this week with more season preview work and content the team's up next on our list pulling this up because i have it in the outline and i should have scrolled up faster i believe it's orlando on. and okc orlando and orlando. dallas orlando and dallas luka Doncic, Paolo bancaro Kyrie irving a lot of big names to discuss in that preview joe ingles too <laughs> we'll talk to y'all then enjoy the hoops at least the maybe hoops because there's feedback it's over bye everybody <laughs>